allow the spirit of God to search your heart and to put convictions in your heart. Talk to the mentors in your life and say, like, how can I be used this year? And, and say yes to something. And even if it fails, it you're, you're thinking too small. It's okay if it fails. Start saying yes to what God would put in front of you and see what happens. And God will be faithful, I promise. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the Decision Point podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hobson, president of Decision Point, where our mission is to proclaim the gospel to the next generation until every student has heard. Hey, last week's episode was so great with Manny and Diego here sharing with us of what they're doing today as high school students to bring the gospel to other high school students at their public school. If you missed that episode, you're going to have to go back and check that out. Their, their stories, their energy was just contagious to, to feel their excitement, enthusiasm, and commitment to bring the gospel to their school and to hear how God uh, is using them in that in some amazing ways. Uh, and today we've also got a, a special treat where a student leader from, you know, one of our earliest days as a ministry about 20 years ago is is with us today. Actually, I just finished recording a, a conversation with uh, Pastor Danny Jansen, uh, who was one of the first student leaders that got involved with the mission of Decision Point back when this was largely a dream, a burden, a prayer, uh, even an idea of, hey, could this work? Uh, and, and DJ would, caught the, the vision and decided to actually try it out at his school with some amazing friends of his, a great club advisor, and with the full support of his youth pastor, who is a uh, pastor at both of our churches. And, and Danny just had a great time uh, sh- getting Danny to share that story and how the Lord used that in his life, how the Lord used that to impact other people's lives. And just even some of that perspective from that 20, 10, 20 years out now perspective of what God did back then that I think is going to be such an encouragement to students uh, today as you guys are right in the middle of that battle. You're thinking about getting going on a big mission for your school or you've just embarked on it. Uh, Maybe you're in the middle of some highs or maybe some lows. Uh, Wherever you're at in that process, I I guarantee you're going to be so blessed and encouraged uh, by the conversation that we've had uh, with DJ. So with that said, uh, let's dive into it right now. Well, DJ, thanks for being on. Good to have you. Yeah, glad to be here, man. This is super fun. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, so listen, help everybody get to know you. You are a dad. You're a husband. Uh, you got some hobbies. Tell us, tell us about yourself. Oh, man, gladly. Well, to start, just to warn you, I'm, I'm battling a cold, so you might hear me hack. Uh, you'll have to forgive me. Or if you don't hear me hacking, uh, coughing, that means Decision Point has excellent producers that are you know editing uh, the sound on this. But um, yeah, I mean... I am, like you said, a, a father, a husband. I met my wife, Krista, when we were 18 years old, uh, freshman in college at Cal State Fullerton, got married when we were 20. So we've been married 15 years now, and we have five kids together. Our oldest is nine and youngest is three. So they're just all, we have five kids in a two-bedroom home here in LA, and <laughs> we great. we make it happen. It's just chaos. And um yeah, I mean, we planted Imago Day Church, which means image of God, eight years ago here in Southeast LA in the city of Downey. And I mean, I love living here in Southern California. Um, I love basketball, coffee. Um, those are kind of my two main things. I'm a 
season ticket holder for the Los Angeles Lakers. So um, struggling through that right now because we're not playing too hot, but it's uh, I was just, I don't know, some of my hobbies and what I'm into, man. Hey, that's great. How long have you been a uh, season ticket holder? Gosh, well, uh, it was the year after Kobe retired. So I'm trying to think of when that was. That would have been uh, 2016, 2017 season. So you do the math. Uh, I'm I think not going to do the a, math. Yeah, I think it's I'm seven not going to do the math. Years. Okay, so you're a church planner and a pastor, Dave. We're gonna we're gonna talk more about that in a bit. Sure. But you were a student in high school. Well, we were joking before the start of the show. I said not too long ago, and you said, "Well, wait a minute there." So, I'll say know, not too long, too long ago. You tell us. You set the record straight. Yeah, well, it's 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 getting longer and longer ago, unfortunately. But uh, with age comes maturity. I hope. And uh, uh, slightly uh, less high on your vertical jump, I assume. No, it's it's true. I was in a group chat, and the guys said, "Who's going to stop DJ?" And then someone said, "Age." So I can't run as fast or jump as high as I used to. But um, you know, you 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 find new ways of navigating as you get older. I'm I'm 35. I'm not that hey, old, but that's not that I'm old. And you still got game, and uh, that's that's still <laughs> young in the in the grand scheme of life. Okay, so you were a student leader at at Lam Reva High School not too long ago. One of the first students that actually joined the mission with Decision Point to bring the gospel to your school. And we just want to hear your story of what God did through you then. And kind of the long-term impact that you've been able to see being out of high school now for all these these centuries, as, you know, as it were. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because a lot of students listening today, they're just right in the middle of that journey. Oh, man. They're either thinking about starting or they're starting and it's hard, it's difficult. Uh, maybe they're seeing some fruit, no fruit, whatever it is. But I'm, I'm just so thankful that you're here to encourage students uh, with your long-term perspective. So, okay, just zoom zoom us back. Rewind the clock if you were. Uh, what was it like being in high school and what was God doing in your heart as a high school student to give you a burden to even want to share the gospel at your high school in the first place? Yeah, I, mean, I think God began a work in my heart going into my freshman year of, of high school. So I'd say going into my freshman year, that's the clearest moment where I know I had an encounter with Jesus and understood the gospel, understood um, my sin, my need for a savior, and really understood God's grace and kindness uh, in rescuing me by taking the punishment for my sin and redeeming me. And so throughout my high school career, I was following Jesus. I mean, I was seeking to read the scriptures. I was seeking to be obedient in regards to like sexual purity. Um, I was involved in my youth group, things like that. But in terms of like high school, I was just trying to do as much as I could. Man. I mean, I, I played basketball. I was in the marching band. I did theater. I played baseball. Um, I took honors in AP classes. I was just kind of like everything, everywhere, trying to have my hand in everything, not necessarily succeeding, but doing yeah, you were, all you sorts were a of jack of all trades, huh? Well, yeah, I, I was also on academic probation, but that's <laughs> uh, you know, trying to do a little too much. But um, I, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I was. And when I got to my senior year in high school, um, it was like, I ran off a cliff. I, I really didn't have any uh, sense of what was next. And so I'd been following Jesus. I even led our Bible club at the president my junior year of high school. So I had a real faith in Jesus and a desire even to lead at some level. But it was like the reality of graduating kind of hit me like a ton of like a ton of bricks. Like I didn't I didn't know what that meant. And I and there grew within me like a real dissatisfaction with honestly, my life, 
I was, I think I was even a little depressed. I was kind of like aimless. Um, and I, I really wasn't sure what to do. And, and honestly, Mark, it was part of it was my relationship with you. Uh, you and I go back however many years, you know, that, that was, and you kind of just challenging me. I remember at the beginning of that year before school started, you said, what if, you know, you made it your mission that every student at this school had at least the opportunity to hear about Jesus. I think that convo then like put a seed in my heart uh, and that kind of a hunger for something more for that senior year, especially to say, no, I want to make this, this matter. I want to make this count um, because this isn't going to be forever. And I have this unique opportunity to follow Jesus and to um, impact eternity here and now. That's, that was some of what was going on in my heart was a dissatisfaction. Yeah. Like I had done everything, almost Ecclesiastes a little bit. And, and there, yet there was this kind of dissatisfaction of like, oh, that's it. That's high school. And now I go and be an adult. Like, I don't know what that means, you know? And, and, and so uh, that, that challenge that you gave me was almost like the only thing that was truly calling me to more and truly calling me into something higher. And so I couldn't shake that challenge. And then I couldn't shake the fact that, yeah, I'm leaving. And what, and what am I leaving behind? Right, right. Well, it was an amazing team you had and a great, uh, great church. We, you and I, of course, were at church together. You had an amazing youth pastor who's still a friend and I know a big influence in both of our lives still to this day. Uh, so I know God is working in you and through an amazing family uh, you're from as well. But as you thought about that, that challenge of, okay, what would it look like to give every student at your high school the chance to hear the gospel? I mean, what was challenging about that to you? I mean, what were you feeling of like, uh, I don't know, is that going to work? Or did that just seem like, yeah, we got that. We'll get that done by tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think it was, it was, it was exciting. I think, I think one thing's actually, so it was challenging and I'll get to that. I think what actually at the outset was, was hitting me was, Oh, this is doable. So, so the challenges came as we started to like try and walk that out. But we didn't, it wasn't, an, it was a big high school. It wasn't massive. And I was a senior. I mean, I felt like I had some, you You're know, king I, of the I hill, man. Yeah. You know, yeah, whatever. But I, you know, I, <laughs> I wasn't a freshman just starting. And, and I think that's not to discourage freshmen who are listening to this. Uh, but more, I was like, I was almost like, oh, it's almost irresponsible. I think maybe, you know, uh, at some level not to carry at least that, that kind of uh, banner. Now, some of the challenges were then, I think well, I'd never just even seen how it could happen. Like, like literally what does it take to do it? And then there's the challenges of, am I doing this alone? We had a, a you mentioned a great team. We, we honestly did. We had, a, we had a good Bible club, but it was small. I mean, in terms of the, the club itself, you know, it was maybe five to 10 people. It was not this like robust, massive, club that had all this energy behind it. It was like a committed faithful who were genuinely following Jesus, but it wasn't like this huge thing. And then it was obviously just the social awkwardness of, I had built through all those different things I had mentioned, basketball and band and theater and baseball and all these different things. Like I had built a lot of different friendships, which is part of what made it possible in my eyes and yet it also meant I had to cross some social boundaries to speak of Jesus and to ask people what they believed and to, you know, share what I believed. And then I, I've never done that before. So how do I even begin to do that? I needed training and some help 
you know, kind of crossing those thresholds. Well, it was an amazing just journey walking with you together in that as we were both figuring this thing out together. I mean, it was like the, I mean, very beginning of the decision point ministry is this was just this idea and would students want to do something bold and what would that look like? Had some ideas mapped out, but what a great thing you did to pioneer that, not just for your school, but for students around the country now. Okay, so take us into some things you guys did. Uh, we're doing this thing called the, 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 the five gospel challenges, same stuff we were doing all the way back in the day, but just a few updated labels on it. So we're taking having students take the Pray 5 Challenge, challenge them to pray for five friends for at least five weeks and pray for a chance to share Christ with them. You took that, but back when it was like Pray 10. So, I mean, the kids these days, they don't even know what, you know, how good they got it, right? Yeah, kids these days, you know, that's literally the, the title of this podcast episode. No, I mean... I can uh, I can think of a, a number of different things that we did. I'm happy to share all of them, uh, but I think naming that one has to be the most important one for me personally, um, because I just said like the the idea itself, and maybe I was arrogant, but the idea itself of reaching the the, the you know our class that wasn't as daunting as as sort of the the how, and that was the first like tool that you guys put in in my pocket of how that could actually be. And it felt so manageable. I don't know if you guys still use the same language, but it was something to the fact of um, pray uh, that God would uh, give you the opportunity uh, to speak uh, uh, the gospel, to share of his name uh, for, and then I would fill in the blank with those names. And then I would have the boldness to take that opportunity. Now, if that's still how you guys teach how to do that, but for me, that was such an empowering um, framework to say, God's already at work here and I'm not trying to do, I'm not trying to drag God into reaching this campus. God is already at work in people's lives and he's asking me to partner with him. And so to, uh, to pray that I would have kind of the awareness and opportunity that God would even kind of create opportunities himself, but then that I would have the boldness by the power of the spirit to take those opportunities. That was transformative. And so I just, I did, I started praying that. Uh, every day. And it was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, with it, I remember I was in a, in my language arts class, they broke us up into groups to do this like book discussion. And um, we were talking about this book. It was called Bless Me Ultima, which I think I don't think have people read that anymore, but it was, it had some spiritual themes to it. And so we're talking about spirituality within this. And someone says, oh, this is weird. I don't know about this. And all of a sudden they're talking about what they believe. And someone like literally turns to me and said, DJ, what do you think? And not only that, I'm looking and it's two or three of the five people that were on my card are in my little group. And they just asked me to share what I believe. I think that's called an opportunity. I think that's what's called an opportunity. (laughs) And so then I had to have the boldness to take that opportunity. And I got to share. I'm sure I don't remember. I'm sure I stumbled through sharing about Jesus. I'm sure it was not impressive in terms of its gospel presentation. I'm sure it it was awful, uh, if I'm honest. But what it did for me in that moment was just illuminated God's at work. And he wants me to share about him here. And there are opportunities if I'm seeking them. If I'm if I have the awareness, the kind of spiritual eyes, there are opportunities that's like low hanging fruit that I, that I can take, and that was never proven more than I think it was in the spring semester, uh, maybe about winter, maybe about Christmas time. My best friend Ryan, who wasn't a believer, um, 
we were out, we went to uh, our favorite Mongolian barbecue spot and it was cheap food as seniors that we would eat. And we were talking, we like to make movies together and we were talking about stories and, and how every story, every good character has a, a character flaw and I'll never let, let him uh, live this down. But my buddy Ryan said, you know, I don't, I don't think I have any character flaws. And I was looking at him like, well, bro, I could tell, I could tell you all your character flaws if you want, but that, that like very naturally ended up into this conversation about sin, which, and then I don't know exactly how the, the, the play-by-play went, but we ended up in this convo about like the meaning of life and how people have value and, and what determines value and eternity. And I mean, it was just obviously like wild philosophical stuff that we ended up in. And we talked for like three or four hours and I shared Jesus with him and, and that convo began a series of convos that he could not shake because God was chasing him down. And um, he ended up giving his life to Jesus, not that night, but um, but through our friendship and through those conversations, like that was the seed that sparked and he is following Jesus to this day. And so it's incredible. And still friends with you this day, though. Now he's married, so pointing out his character flaws is now somebody else's duty, right? Exactly. Someone else's, someone else's duty. Yeah, it's someone else's job. So, yeah, I mean, he's coming over on Sunday. We're having lunch together. I mean, we still hang out to this day. And uh, we took our boys, our sons, on a camping trip, and we spent some time discipling our kids together. I mean, you talk about, like, the beauty of, of what God's doing is, you know, we're sitting there sharing life. Uh, not quite 20 years later, but... Uh, and discipling the next generation because of what Jesus did back then. It's incredible. Uh, just amazing. Well, going going from there, you guys also mm-hmm. took the Go Witness Challenge. And you guys, yes. okay, we'll be so bold as to, to go start spiritual conversations, not just wait for them or pray for them with our best friends, but go out, talk to people after school at lunchtime and share the hope of Jesus with them. How in the world did that go for you guys? Oh yeah. I mean, that was, that was, uh, incredibly faith stretching for us. And, um, it, that sowed the seeds for some of the other things that we did. So I, I honestly, if I'm, if I'm being, you know, nothing but truthful, I don't remember anyone coming to faith in the moment of, uh, go witnessing, at least when we did it, I've seen, I've, I've done and led people to faith in witnessing in, in other moments, but as a, as a high school student, we would go mostly during our lunchtime, um, and we would go and initiate spiritual conversations and we would ask some questions and, and find out what other people believed about things. And then we would ask, Hey, can, can I share what I believe? And we would share the gospel with students and, um, we would just kind of go and initiate conversations. And often for me, I would go to students I didn't even know. And that ended up laying seeds for later when we did things like outreach weeks and things like that, where I actually got to like build relationships where people knew that like, it wasn't weird for me to talk about Jesus or for that, those conversations to happen. Um, so even though I didn't see anyone come to faith in the moment because of a, a witnessing convo, it laid a groundwork for spiritual conversations about Jesus to be happening on our campus, which as we went further in the school year, ended up, it was like uh, in a fire, you put like the, you know, rolled up newspaper, you know what I mean? That helps the, the, the fire catch. And I think that's how that worked for us. Um, where we would go out at lunch and just yeah go up to students and talk to them. We would go in twos, and it was sh- stretching our faith and our boldness and even our ability to share about Jesus and then laying a groundwork of like for our campus, it's okay to talk about spiritual things. And that's not weird. You have 
spiritual questions. I have spiritual questions. Like, why is that weird to talk about them? We just pretend like they don't exist. Like, let's talk about this. And so it, it was really powerful and profound. That's amazing. Yeah. And you talk about that of the culture shift that kind of happened that week about uh, talking about your faith. And we'll get to that. Well, let's just go ahead and get into that. So you let an outreach week, you let at least two outreach weeks. I've got two vivid memories of being at two different outreach weeks that you led, uh, one that fall semester uh, and then one later that spring. Can you just take us into that journey of even that decision that you made to lead an mm -hmm. outreach week? What made you decide to do this? What Maybe what were you hoping to see God do through that? And and then how, how to go for you? Yeah, well, I think the, the first outreach week, I mean, that honestly came from um, some encouragement from Decision Point. I don't know that we had vision entirely for that. Um, it was coming out of, hey, it started with that, that vision of saying, can we make it available so every student at least has the opportunity to hear about Jesus? And then we start strategizing around that vision and saying, like, well, how can we actually like see that happen? And it was probably you or someone else that threw out the idea for an outreach week. And we started saying, like, can that actually happen? And yes, it can. And so working towards that. And so I think we were, we were fairly timid at one level. Uh, we invited a local pastor to come preach. Um, and we, we prayed for 500 students to, to come and we offered free pizza and just kind of like made it as easy on ourselves at one level as, as we could. Cause we we're like, can this work? We were a little timid. Um, but we're also bold. I mean, praying for 500 students, but it was like, and, and it happened. We, we invited, um, uh, this local pastor, he came and he preached the gospel. We gave out free pizza. To be honest, I don't remember a ton of, uh, like, things flowing from that uh, moment. But again, I think it was part of a We had like a year long vision, a whole school year long vision. And so I think that was part of the, the laying the groundwork. I think sometimes as students, we need to know we're engaging in something and maybe we're not going to see the immediate fruit in that moment. It doesn't mean that was a failure. Um, and we get very discouraged, but not every person you share the gospel with or every time you do an event, it's going to have some sort of smashing success. And, you know, revival breaks out on your school, but there's you're laying, you're planting seeds and you're laying groundwork, and you don't know how God's going to use that in the future. Yeah, and I remember two two kind of discouraging moments, or one or two discouraging moments about that. As you know, we've been praying for 500 people, and of course, we were all new at this. We made the classic rookie mistake of serving the free pizza first. And so, you know, 500 people came, praise the Lord, but then I don't know, 203 of them got their free pizza and left which was discouraging, but it was also disruptive, you know, because, you know, Pastor Eric was preaching and he was bringing it, but, you know, you got that many people cycling through, getting their free pizza and leaving, that's kind of disruptive. Um, but then I also remember being a little discouraged by that and seeing whatever it was, let's just say half the group left. But, you know, together we've been giving them uh, a number of gospel materials as they came in. I think it was like a movie about Jesus and a gospel booklet about Jesus. And I'll never forget stepping out into the courtyard and as I'm there discouraged about all these people that left your event, looking around. And I mean, I probably saw within just one glance at your campus, 20 people reading the gospel booklet that they had been given. I mean, like over there, I'm seeing this one guy and he's sitting under a tree just reading it by himself. And you think, well, if he's one of the guys that came and left, I mean, praise the Lord, mm -hmm. he's reading the gospel. And then yeah. we're looking over there and there's like six students and they're like making fun of it. 
you know, yeah. but they're reading the whole gospel out loud. And I'm thinking, well, praise the Lord. They're hearing the message too. And there's still a couple hundred in there hearing the gospel. So, okay, a little different than we wanted, but also, man, God's at work. Um, but we learned a lesson together that day. At least I did. Sometimes you got to be a little bit more specific with the Lord. Like, okay, Lord, next next time I went 500 and we'd like him to stay, please. So, it, you know, we, we learned that lesson, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's... That's it. I mean, you want people to stay and there's some strategy around it and you learn, you know, best practices. I think it's even different sometimes on different campuses, you know, different cultures and and different how, you know, people operate and think. And so you have to kind of, you know, have some creativity, but at the end of the day, like we say yes to what God is, is uh, calling us to. And, and he is working again, like we said, like, even if you're not entirely seeing it. Well, take us forward. You said you were partly bold, which I think you're a lot bold, but also looking to take a slightly easier way forward. You decided on the next one, like we're going for the hardest, like boldest, all in, no holds barred approach. And just can you tell us how the Lord kind of even grew your boldness and what that looked like for round two? Yeah, well, I I appreciate that, Mark. I think you're selling yourself short because I think you were a part of that. So anyone listening, like Mark was at this point our kind of our advisor, he was the one that was helping us and coaching us through this. And so I think as we processed that first outreach week and the success that it was, you're right, Mark, I I don't mean to undersell it. We had the success of that outreach week, but then as we were thinking towards the spring semester and what we wanted to see, you really had the idea and, and pushed us of saying, Hey, it was great having pastor Eric there, you know, and what he brought, but this needs to be student led. And we think that you have it in you to kind of like, uh, do something that is a little bit more, hey, not just come hear this outside speaker speak, which is great. I mean, and and any students listening to this that are doing rallies that way, I don't want to discourage that. But you, you saw, I think, some gifting in, in me and a calling, honestly, Mark, where you encouraged me to sit there and say, hey, can we do something where DJ, you're actually the the voice that is sharing the gospel here and, and that it's it's really peer-to-peer uh, telling people about Jesus. And so we did this event. I, I'm laughing, thinking about it. It was called the I Agree with DJ, uh, you know, rally. And so, oh my goodness, uh, we we had this, uh, the week of, of okay, that so event. It was zooming like, out, so anybody okay, that, yeah, you know, you're, do, you're yes. embarrassed about that, zooming out, there there had been a campaign that people had done before called I Agree. And mm-hmm. we heard about that and thought that'd be really powerful and challenge you guys. What if it is I agree with? I think DJ and I think your buddy Jared and um, you guys. You guys went with it as did ten other schools that semester. They're the only ten schools that were in the whole movement at that time. And to say, yeah, we'll try that out and we'll be so bold as to say, yeah, people can agree with DJ. People can agree with Jared. So it wasn't like you know this is this was just you trying to be all self promoting. Um, but that's a bold step to put yourself out there. So keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, I know we had, we, you and I talked real briefly before we hopped on about some of the challenges, uh, which just kind of going there. One of the challenges was the confidence to step into this. You talk about Jared, my buddy. Um, as I remember it, Mark, you were kind of talking to that. We had like five guys that would do this little Bible study and you came and hopped in and you, you kind of said, Hey, we have this idea. 10 schools doing this. I agree thing. And you said, um, I think we should do, I agree with DJ and have him, you know, lead this United meeting. We were friends. And, and, uh, I remember the five guys being like, Hmm, DJ, uh, what about Jared? I don't know about that. 
<laughs> and so that why that's that's why it was i agree with dj and i agree with jared because i was such a goofball and kind of like all over the place i don't think my peers uh in the bible club that were serious about jesus was like oh dj is the right call on this let's let's have jared the best look and uh and you believed in me mark and so it ended up being i agree with dj and jared which ended up being honestly awesome and better and even i think when we did this event it may it was uh, strategically wise because I think it caused a little bit of proper confusion in that like people thought me and Jared disagreed. And so it created a little bit of controversy and people wanted to kind of get to the bottom of it. But essentially what it was, it was our campus. And like you said, there were 10 other schools. Um, it was the week of Easter and Monday morning, like, boom, we, we got there early. We set up posters all over our campus and it said things like, I agree with DJ. Do you? And some posters said, I agree with Jared. Do you? And then uh, we had these uh, flyers that kind of said the same thing. We passed them out to students as they came in. And we had these like bright t-shirts. Uh, I, I lost mine just a couple years ago. I'm, I'm bummed about it. But uh, bright yellow shirts that said, I agree with DJ. Do you? And bright orange t-shirts that said, I agree with Jared. Do you? And then uh, my, my shirt said, I am DJ. Do you agree with me? And, and it was a simple concept. And it was just, you know, as you talk with people, and if they asked you about the shirt, you could either just say, hey, you can share the gospel right then and there and say, hey, do you agree with this? That's what we're kind of rallying around. Or you can just point them to Thursday where we were going to have a lunchtime rally where it's like, hey, DJ is going to share. Jared's going to share on Thursday. And you should come check that out. And um, I can never, I can't explain it except that God was on it and uh, had his hand upon it. We showed up, I think I said, there, there may be 10 of us, 12 of us that were wearing these shirts to start. Um, and, you know, I think we printed 25, you know, cause we're like in faith. And um, by the end of the week, we wore them every single day. It, it, it caught on Mark. I don't know how else to explain it. It was like a trend. Um, you know, this is pre-social media. That's how old I am. I mean, we didn't even have, you know, any, it, it, it went viral. And so within a matter of three, four days, we had over a hundred shirts that people were wearing. We had to, we, were, we were every night printing more shirts on a screen printer, making more so people could wear them. And it was cool because we would share the gospel with people. And so that part was like finding like undercover Christians all over the campus. Because we would, in order to wear the shirt, it was almost like, hey, like, let me share the gospel. Do you agree with this? And people would say, no, yeah, that's what I believe. I just didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know there was a community or a space for this or... And so it's like, besides the frustration, it's like, we have Bible club, right? But it was like, oh, cool. And it created this groundswell. So then on Thursday, when we had the, this rally, we didn't have any free pizza. I don't, I don't know if that was strategic, but we just didn't have the budget for it. Um, we didn't have any free pizza. All we had was uh, like, we had some gospel materials and we had this like groundswell of invitation and calling people to to hear and that's where i'm saying some of those things that we did earlier in the year had laid the groundwork so when we showed up in that in that gym it was packed out i mean you probably know the number better than i do i just remember sitting there and being like scared because this thing was full and i'm gonna have to speak in front of this this crew and um jared and i had decided we were going to take turns kind of sharing the elements of the gospel and so so he began and talked about um, what we were created for and how we're made in God's image and what, what we're designed for and for relationship with him. 
And then I took the mic and shared briefly about sin and fallenness and the brokenness that all of us experience uh, and the sin that we contribute to that and how that puts us at distance with God and broken relationships with one another. And then he came in and and preached the, the gospel of Jesus in terms of just the, the, the cross and um, that Jesus took the judgment in our place and the grace of God there. And then, and then I came in, it was Easter. And so I shared about the resurrection and the new life in Jesus and how there's a new hope that we have in him. And I didn't really have it completely scripted, but I, I remember kind of getting to the end and just compelled by God. And just, even as I was speaking, the, the power of the gospel. And we get to this point where I'm like, I'm calling people to believe we didn't have follow-up cards. I don't know how advanced we were in this day. I was like, let's just do it and see what happens. And I remember saying, this is what we believe about Jesus. He's calling you to respond. If you agree with this, stand up. I don't know why I said that. I just kind of came out of nowhere. I just called people to stand up. And it was like out of a movie. It was like, and then pretty soon the entire gym was standing up. Uh, How many people, Mark? I don't know. You tell me. Hundreds, Hundreds of people standing up, affirming faith in Jesus. Now, I don't know that everyone was really you know, coming to Christ in that moment, truthfully. But it was this incredible moment. I remember I've always told people it was like, it was socially awkward not to follow Jesus in, in that moment where, where there was such a, a power uh, to, to what God was doing that people felt like, oh, I need to almost a social pressure to say they followed him, which we don't want that. But it was just interesting to see the, the, the gospel message going out and people wrestling with it and the, all the spiritual conversations that flowed from it about Jesus. It was incredible. Uh, I'll never forget that day uh, and um, how the Lord worked through your whole club, your club advisor, your your peers, through partner in churches. It was just amazing to see through. A lot of students from Biola University that we recruited to come help do promo with you guys in the morning, passing out the invitations. Uh, what an amazing day to see that. But you guys, you've had a chance to see the impact continue, not just from one moment at, at that event, but in the months even between then and graduation and in the years since graduation. Uh, and I'll just share a memory I have and love to get your comment on that and then just other ways you've seen the Lord use that to impact people's lives. But uh, I remember going to your graduation. I didn't get there early enough. I was on the football field. And I didn't know this. I mean, obviously, it's your graduation, so of course it's going to be a popular event. <laughs> but it seemed like there was like ten thousand people there, or something like that. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't even get in. Yeah, Mister Academic Probation, right? And <laughs> the, uh, so, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm listening. I'm able to like see a little bit through the chain link fence and listen. And I forget, you know, who it was. It was your valedictorian or your student body president, uh, given a classic speech. And it was good. It was all well-intentioned. It was a little bit kind of like all of the ones that you hear of why La Mirada High School was so great, of the teachers and the this and the that and the other. And then, okay, okay, just a fairly stereotypical speech. But then she just pauses and says, but you know, the reason La Mirada High School was so special for me is I met Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You got to be kidding me. I mean, so what's it like? You're there graduating that day. You've been helping with your buddies lead this evangelistic movement. What's it Uh like hearing that? And what's it like just even being there as you just know, hey, we left it all on the court to, to impact people at our school? Yeah. I think that's a, you know, it's a very like basketball phrase, leaving all on the court, which I, I thank you. Appreciate that. I, uh, that's exactly how it felt. So 
Uh, that was our ASB president that I was sharing. And I, I mean, she was a friend of mine, so I knew she had come to faith in Jesus. So I wasn't like surprised by her sharing that, but it was um, the boldness that she took in that moment to confess Christ in front of thousands of people. And I know uh, there had been some talk, I think, of um, should she say something or not? I'm remembering the story as you're talking about it, that as she took kind of this risk of, no, like this was the highlight of my time. This is what made high school worth it, was meeting Jesus here. And so for me sitting there, yeah, it was incredibly encouraging. Um, I was proud of my friend. And um, and I think it was it was just even for me personally, it was like, wow, look at what God did. Not just, I mean, I think about that on a graduation day. So, so after a graduation day, you're looking back and you're saying, look at what I did. I, I accomplished this thing. And I think it, it allowed me to kind of have a perspective of being like, wow, look at what God did. Like that this, this happened. And even her coming to faith, she didn't come to faith directly through an outreach event. It was the outreach events and then the campus climate, the culture that was created through some of what we did. So she came to faith through a friend uh, who was activated through some of the things that we were doing. Um, so it wasn't like a formal event that she came to faith through. It, it was through a friendship. But that friendship, those conversations were sparked because there was an atmosphere on our campus where talking about the deep things of life, even if you weren't Christian, uh, was became normal. I would see two non-Christians talking about spiritual things because of all the different things we were doing, it was not weird to talk about faith. And so she she came to faith largely um, through that. And then you said kind of like looking back, you know, what makes it all worth it. I, I mentioned Ryan earlier, the guy that I led to faith. He, he's my best friend and he's still my, you know, my lifelong best friend. And um, he came to faith uh, freshman year of college. So we probably had like six months of conversations from that moment or nine months of conversations. Um, but he, he dove all in. He began in college. I was leading the Campus Crusade for Christ, which is called Crew at Cal State Fullerton. He ended up leading that at Long Beach State. So we were doing that together. Um, and he became a, a youth pastor, now an associate pastor in the city. And so, you know, uh, we're both pastors in the same area now. We get to, you know, preach in each other's churches and minister and, and hang out. And I'm um, just incredibly proud of the leader and, and friend that he is. So there's like that uh, outflow from it. At my 10-year high school reunion, you know, I had a number of people come up to me and, and sharing uh, their memories and, and about faith. And that I had one guy come up to me who became a Christian like two or three years after high school. And he, he came right up to me and he was like, I was hoping you would be here. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to share with you what God did in my life. And I was like, well, we got to just share about that. And, and his, his wife was also from our high school. She came to faith and funny enough, she grew up in the neighborhood that we planted a church. So now this guy has been one of our like financial supporters uh, when we first got off the church, you know, he doesn't go to our church, but he sends us money <laughs> to help support what we're doing because he believes in it. And it's just like this crazy thing of all that God's done. And then for me personally, like when, when I, I'm sitting there and like, how do I know it's worth it? Like I went into high school, like I said, I was legitimately following Jesus, but I was a goofball. And, you know, I mean, I, and I was like doing everything and I was like, you know, all over the place and a thousand different things. Um, but there were, th this gave me a, um, a, a holy dissatisfaction. And it's like, you can't preach the gospel and watch 
hundreds of your peers stand up in a firm faith in Jesus. And I'd be like, cool. I'm just going to go do whatever. No, I like, I was, I, I personally was like changed and I, I had a taste for what God could do in a community that has forever shaped me. And even at some level haunted me, you know, where it's like, if I'm, if I, if I'm not seeing, you know, God at work, or if I'm not pressing into something, um, I, I'm like, no, there's more, there's more. And it gave me some skills. I mean, uh, I remember I had to talk with the principal at one point because you know, they, they were going to try to shut down the rally. And I'm like, I've never like talked to an adult as an adult before. You know what I mean? And, and I had to go into the principal's office. You know, I think I was 16, 17 years old. And, and you know, um, and yeah, I had to she, start was she, was she was stern. She was stern. I mean, she was honestly a good principal. And then she was yep. like strict. She was on it. Yeah. She wasn't and messing around. He wasn't messing around. She's like, no, you can't do this, da, da, da. And I had to be like, well, constitutionally, it's my right. And, you know, I kind of like had to push back against my principal in a way that I was deeply uncomfortable with. And I'm not a conflict. I'm still like struggle with conflict from time to time here and there. But but it, it gave me this like, oh, I'm, I can step forward in faith and, and say yes to these things. And, you know, so there was so much I could, I could go on, but it shaped my life indelibly. Well, DJ, we can't wait to have you uh, come. And, well, thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing your story with students. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for you to come, not just on the podcast today, but to Colorado to our student leader conference this summer. Our theme, you know, is even if, and I just really appreciate you coming uh, to preach a couple times and share from the word, share from your life, from your experiences then, from your experiences as a church planter today. Um, what would you say to students that are thinking about coming? Why should they come other just to hear you preach and see if they can jump higher than you can at 35 years old? <laughs> yeah, I, they almost certainly can jump higher than me. Uh, I'm counting on that Colorado elevation, the you know the higher altitude to, 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 to equalize boost. it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I think if, if you're on the fence about coming, I just think about the idea of investment. Right, like, what are you you putting your your time, energy, effort, money into that's going to pay a return? And I think, especially in summer, right, there's so much of what we we give ourselves to that doesn't actually fill us up. Um, it might be fun, it might be relaxing, but also there's lots of stuff that's like even wasteful. And I think there's this opportunity and this kind of calling that is being given to say, "Hey, here's a week of your summer." to really think, pray, um, hear from God and dream about how he might use you in your generation. And when you kind of think through that language, all of a sudden you're like, I don't know if I should go. You know, it's like, you need to be there um, it, because this is what your life is a, is for. Not, not, not that your life is for the student leadership conference, but your life is for following Jesus. And, and you, I think for me, what God graciously did in my senior year, but from our church, we've been students who are in middle school. Like God redeemed my senior year at the end. And I'm sitting there, I'm sending seventh graders, eighth graders to, to this, you know, from our church, because I'm like, no, don't wait till your senior year to start thinking about how God would use you. Like I, I want to dream and see a generation that is lit up and on fire for Jesus and is thinking with wisdom about how they are going to leverage and use those years 
to impact, not just that time, but as I've already shared, like years down the road, there will still be fruit from what happens in these years. And so it's like, we take the time to study for, you know, the the tests that are going to come up as you should, because those are going to impact your future and, you, and your stuff. You know, you're going to, you take extra time to practice for sports and things as, as you should, if you're serious about sports and you want to do these things. But like the most important thing in your life is the kingdom of God breaking into this world and announcing Jesus as King and savior. And it's like, we should take some time to intentionally, you know, pursue and and think about like how might following Jesus shape the way I, I live in high school or in junior high in these moments. And so you absolutely should be there. That's great. And if they do happen to play basketball, they can play you on the on the free time. Oh, let's get it. I would love to. That'd let's be awesome. Get it. Okay, uh, Liz, I want to give you the final word just to share anything on your heart to any student leader today who's listening. And I guess as I was just hearing you talk and hearing you talk about the impact that you saw the Lord do then and even the long-term impact, uh, certainly I hope a lot of students are encouraged by that and energized by that. But I'm also mindful that with any, you know, quote-unquote success story, no matter how careful everybody is to give God the glory— now, for some people, that can even be kind of just discouraging because maybe they just had their first outreach last semester. And I mean, they, there's no silver lining in that cloud. It just didn't go like they wanted it to, or it's, they're just still so much in the battle. They don't have that uh, rear view mirror perspective. But just what would you share to any student uh, as we're closing our time together today? I think, you know, most of the times that I've shared the gospel with someone, they haven't come to know Jesus. You know, I mean, I think that's the reality, right? That that it has, it's not like every time that we step out in faith that we see this miraculous thing happen. And I think to your point, if we only tell the success stories, you know, then it, it could be faith building, but also maybe even discouraging at some level. Um, and so there's definitely the reality of, of we're skipping over a lot of, you know, uh, difficult moments as we planted our church and started the church, I mean, I could just tell you crazy stories and, and how we started from nothing and and a lot of discouragement that God met us in. So God meets us in those places. I think I want students to have a long road view. That was a work that God did in me beginning when I was 17 years old and carried through probably until I was about like 21, 22. It was about three to five years where God was repeatedly teaching me the same lesson of having like a long road view of who I was becoming, what I was doing. And it, it saves me, I think, from viewing this moment, this outreach event, this conversation, this test, this relation, like as that's everything. And it gave me a picture of that, that God is producing within me a character, a faith, um, a resilience that is going to mark not just this day, but my entire life. And then, and then the relationships that I have when I'm sharing the gospel with someone or I'm taking a step of faith, I might not see the fruit of that, but I'm bearing witness to Jesus and I'm helping build even for that person that this is a, a reasonable thing to do to talk about faith to talk about Christ, that this is part of life that you can't ignore. And so what I would say to students is like, you are, you're not waiting for your life to begin. You're not waiting for your life to begin. This, like, this is your life right now, 13 years old, 17 years old, however old you are, like this day counts as one of your days. And so God is calling you to obedience and faithfulness and joy and, and mission today. 
And this counts. This is part of it. And he's also building something that is going to um, impact the days ahead and the life that you're walking into. And so I become, as I get older, and I'm not, you know, I'm not old, but I, as I'm getting older, maybe to high school students, I'm old. Um, the value and importance of teenagers saying yes to Jesus, stepping into mission, the importance of that for me increases, not decreases the older I get. The, the, the more energized I see and the more important it is I see for a young, younger generation to, to think creatively and with faith, like that's more needed today, not less. And that's as I get older, I'm seeing that. And so to, to students listening to this, get your get your butt to a student leadership conference. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like ask Jesus, like pray and say, God, who would you have me reach out to? How would you use me? You know, like um, uh, allow the spirit of God to search your heart and to put convictions in your heart. Talk to the mentors in your life and say, like, how can I be used this year? And, and say yes to something. And even if it fails, it you're, you're thinking too small. It's okay if it fails. Like start saying yes to what God would put in front of you and see what happens. And God will be faithful. I promise that. Amen. Well, Danny, that's all the time we've got. Thanks for being here. And friends, what a great encouragement uh, from uh, Pastor Danny uh, to say yes to God and then to be faithful, to get in the game and leave the results in his hand. Uh, We'll see you next week. In the meantime, follow, rate, review, and listen, share this episode with a friend who needs to be encouraged from what Danny had to share with us today. We'll see you then. Mm -hmm.